Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Upgrade, a podcast covering the speculative grade market with a focus on leveraged credit and CLOs. My name is Bob Schultz and I'm the sector lead for Leveraged Finance. On The Upgrade, we look at speculative grade companies that we think have potential to work their way up the rating scale and what that means for CLOs. We've covered so-called priming transactions and we recently looked at PE-driven M&A in episode 14, Dial M for Merger. Today, we are discussing a new issuer that has borrowed a lot of debt in the speculative-grade markets recently, healthcare company Medline, uh, which is also referred to as Mozart Borrower LP and Mozart Debt Merger Sub. So joining today are Tulip Lim, director in the healthcare group and the primary analyst on Medline, Tim Corpru, director in the Leverage Finance and Recovery team, and from the CLO team, Dan Hu, who always provides us with great insights. Uh, Just very briefly on Medline, uh, they're a manufacturer and distributor of healthcare supplies to hospitals, post-acute settings, physician offices, and surgery centers. The company was recently purchased in an LBO by PE firms Blackstone, Carlisle, and Hellman & Friedman. The deal, one of the largest LBOs in recent years, was announced over the summer, and then with financings brought to market uh, just recently this fall. So welcome all, and uh, let's jump right in with you, Tulip. So Medline was a new issuer, and uh, the deal was discussed in the financial press over the summer, and then we announced our initial rating on September 20th. So tell us a little bit about the the construct of our rating, which is a a B-plus issuer credit rating. Sure. Thanks, Bob. So as you mentioned, Medline's rating is a B-plus. It's owned by private equity, so its leverage is high, and we expect it to be greater than six and a half times. We consider the business to be satisfactory, and that's a relatively high business risk score and pretty uncommon for a PE-owned company, but it is in line with some of the large healthcare distributors we cover, like McKesson, Cardinal, and Amerisource Bergen. Medline is a distributor and manufacturer of medical supplies, so they distribute their own products and products that that are manufactured by third parties to healthcare settings. Um, Their main clients are hospitals, but they also provide supplies to outpatient and post-acute providers. Um, The company was owned by the Mills family, and the Mills family, they'll they'll continue to have a stake in the company, but as you mentioned, as part of the LBO, um, the Blackstone Group, Carlisle, and Hellman and Freeman, they'll also hold stakes in the company. Some of the key strengths of the business is that as a distributor, they operate in a highly consolidated industry, um, at least in the hospital setting. So there's three players, Medline, Owens and Minor, and Cardinal, which basically dominate the space. And then as a manufacturer of medical supplies, um, they are a pretty scaled player uh, with over 180,000 products. So we think the two businesses, um, distribution and manufacturing of medical supplies, really do complement each other. Uh, One of the ways the distributors are are trying to gain an edge on each other and to retain customers is to offer their own products. Uh, Another positive is that demand tends to be pretty stable. Um, And that's because these are products and services that hospitals and physicians need uh, to, to provide care. The risks are the company's leverage is pretty high, um, and all three distributors have been active on the M&A front, um, acquiring other manufacturing assets. So this could, you know, increase competition or just um, keep Medline's leverage high. 
No, thanks, Tulip. And, and you know, for people listening, satisfactory business profiles typically seen in investment grade. So as Tulip's explaining, they have a, a pretty solid niche. Um, so maybe just expand a little bit, Tulip, about how Medline fits into kind of the evolving healthcare landscape as we see it. Yeah, so the acute care market, which Medline primarily serves, that's evolving. Um, so acute care, I mean, I mean hospitals, and hospitals are trying to expand into the outpatient market. Um, Medline does provide distribution services and products in the outpatient market, and so they can continue to grow with their clients as they expand. Also, the outpatient market is expanding as procedures are moving out of high-cost settings like hospitals. Um, so Medline's in this space, and they should also grow as this marketplace grows. Um, but I should say that this market is also pretty competitive, um, and there are other scaled players operating in this market like McKesson. Also, Amazon does sell medical supplies, um, and it can serve this market, uh, particularly the home health market. Yeah, thanks, Tulip. So, Tim, let, let's turn to you. And in, in terms of the the capital structure mix, uh, you know, according to Financial Press, kind of shifted as the company went to market. So, tell us about the recovery ratings, and then what some of those shifts and of the mix in bonds and loans uh, meant from from our standpoint in terms of recovery. Sure. Thanks for the question, Bob. Yes, uh, that's an interesting one. So, the borrowed amount has changed for each instrument in the deck structure compared to what was originally announced. Um, the first lien term loan B uh, was upsized by about 1.27 billion. The Euro de denominated term loan B was halved down to a 500 million equivalent. The Peripassu first lien notes were upsized by 700 million and unsecured notes were cut by 1.5 billion. Um, and when you add all of that up, total funded debt has actually gone down by approximately uh, 30 million. However, having broken it down um, as we just did, we can see the increase in first lien secured debt was 1.47 billion, while the unsecured debt decreased by 1.5 billion. Um, and when you put that up against the approximately 15.8 um, billion and principal and owed interest we expect to be outstanding in a default, uh, these changes result in a 10% increase in secured debt as a percent of total debt at uh, approximately 84% versus the 74% in the original structure. Uh, this is a pretty significant reduction in the debt cushion. And although our expected distress valuation remained substantially the same, uh, the increase in secured debt at default was reason enough for us to lower the recovery point estimate on that secured debt to 50% from 55%, which is the lowest end of a three recovery rating. Yeah, thanks, Tim. And I think that's consistent with what we've been saying to investors about uh, you know, more more heavy first lien structures does influ influence the recovery. Um, so Dan, uh, speaking of uh, first liens, let's according to LCD, the the institutional term loan spread was about LIBOR plus three and a quarter, uh, at least at one point. So how does that uh, the issuer level rating with the and, and on Medline and the LIBOR spread line up against kind of the current CLO assets uh, asset pool? Sure, Bob. The average spread of CLO assets is currently around three point five percent, while the most prominent CLO assets are somewhere between a B flat and a B minus on average. And also the average recovery rating is around 
So with a spread of 3.25%, the Medline loan is slightly below average uh, across yellow pools. However, the Medline is rated a B plus, which is higher than the average rating of yellow assets. The average spread of loans from B plus rated assets is about 3.1%. And given the Medline loan is 3.25, the Medline loan would fit nicely within CLO portfolios. Also, it's a full two notches away from the triple C category. So CLO managers may like this. What is interesting is what Tim mentioned, uh, that the recovery rating is a uh, three with a 50% uh, point estimate or recovery, um, which is below average for CLO assets. We've noticed that the leverage of first lien loans within CLOs have been gradually increasing since the pandemic, uh, despite the improvements in the credit ratings of the issuers. And as a result, the recovery rate and distributions within CLOs have been uh, worsening over the past year. So if a manager has a portfolio with a weaker recovery rating profile, adding this Medline loan may not do much to, to help to improve that metric. Thanks, Dan. So tell us a little bit about the, the size of uh, the total kind of healthcare loan, leveraged loan holdings in CLOs uh, you know, prior, prior to the Medline deal. And then you know, when might we see Medline loans uh, in CLOs during our surveillance process? Yeah, sure, Bob. So healthcare-related issuers represent about 11% of the AUM held across U.S. BSL CLOs. And that's right under tech-related issuers, which represent about 15%. So together, um, health and tech-related issuers represent um, over a quarter of the AUM and CLOs. Um, there are currently over 100 health-related issuers with loans held in CLOs. And in fact, um, loans to Medline are currently held in, in a small subset of CLOs reported within their third quarter trustee reports, and they're in there as bridge loans. Um, after this loan closes, just given the size of this loan, um, if managers like Medline loans, there's probably enough supply to, to go around to several managers to add to their uh, CLOs. Um, as mentioned before, CLO managers may be incentivized to do this given the B-plus rating and its effect on improving their credit quality or the S&P WARF scores. We expect the exposure will be syndicated across several CLOs, such that exposure within any one particular CLO will be probably limited to just basis points, just given the broad um, depth of the uh, leverage loan market. No, thanks, Dan. Um, so, Tim, let's go back to you. And you know, there's been obviously a lot of discussion on this podcast and in the markets um, and at S&P about the Cov Light, you know, no financial maintenance covenants, and, and very accommodating, um, you know, baskets, restrictive baskets. But so, anything of note we saw in this large financing and, uh, along those lines? Yeah, yes, that's right. The terms for these term loans are also Cov Light, although it is worth noting that there is a springing financial maintenance covenant attached to the revolver. Uh, something else interesting that I think we should highlight more often is that these term loans have a free and clear capacity for first lien incremental debt of over $2 billion. Thanks, Tim. And just to confirm on that, in our recovery rating, we're not assuming that that uh, capacity is, is utilized at time of default. Is that correct? That's correct. We, we do not uh, incorporate that into our recovery ratings. Okay. Thank you. More of an event risk. So, Tulip, let's, let's close with a question for you and, and take a step back and talk about the healthcare M&A landscape uh, in spec grade. Uh, you know, what, what do we see over the next year, just given financing conditions are probably going to remain pretty accommodative? Yeah, so I would say we think we'll see continued activity. And that's partially because healthcare is still a relatively unconsolidated sector. 
Um, private equity is pretty active in healthcare. There are lots of opportunities to roll up several fragmented industries in healthcare, like uh, physician groups, dental, animal health, uh, physical therapy, and there is there are also opportunities in healthcare IT. Um, also, M&A has been really a major theme throughout the industry, and that's been the case for several years. Um, both healthcare services and pharma, they're, they're looking to address um, increasing pressures that they face, uh, such as drug pricing, um, competition, and, and, and increasing payer pressure. So acquisitions can, can really help mitigate some of these pressures by either helping companies increase diversity, uh, add to their pipelines for, for pharma and for services um, to help increase their scale. Um, one stat I can share is that deal volume actually doubled in the second quarter of this year versus um, prior year for, for us. And uh, we've had a lot of new issuer activity in healthcare. Um, that's pretty much in line with some of the data that Dan had mentioned. Um, and a lot of it has been skewed to private equity companies. So many of them have come out in the B to B minus range. Um, Medline, though, is a bit higher at B+, and, and that's partially because of the relative strength of the business I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, thanks. That's a, that's a great summary, Tulip. Thanks to you and Dan and Tim, and thanks for listening to episode 15 of The Upgrade. 